Hey guys, it's Miranda Hughes here from Faith Strong. Um, yeah, so I have a lot of interesting things to share with you. Um, God had me, I know I haven't been on here in a while as usual, but <laughs> that is changing. God had me go through a very, very hard, like three to four month long season of very intense loss and very intense chaos and, um, you know, just kind of like a, a hardship, I guess, that I just never saw coming. And now that I've kind of walked through this stuff, I feel like it's safe to say um, I do have God's permission to share with you what he taught me through this experience. So this is the Jonah versus Job uh, situation. And this is how to tell if what you're going through is a Jonah or Job situation, basically. So, and this is when bad things keep happening to you in your life. So the first thing I'm going to rule out is if you are a Christian, then you already know <laughs> it's either one or two things. Either you are being disobedient or you're not repenting, or maybe it's, uh, you're just like a... I don't know, like a lack of understanding, I guess. And then the other sense is um, maybe God might be testing you or he's trying to promote you, but he's got to, you know, test and see where you're at before he blesses you. So there's that kind of thing. If you are not a Christian, like I said, by all means, continue listening because this could actually sum up a lot of what you're going through. Um a lot of people who don't believe in God may actually not go through as much bad things like they do, but they don't associate it with because they have a lack of God. They just associate it with like, oh, I had a bad day or, you know, they're very like realist to an extent, or they might think that it's just the weather or, you know, that was just a coincidence. Like they're always going to try to find some reason or some kind of theory or some kind of explanation attached to what's going on. And even though, yes, you can attach an explanation to something biblical or something that God's doing, there's actually many, many times where you can't. Um, God will sometimes not allow you, like when you do become a Christian and he really wants to use you and he starts testing you or he starts using you in a very great way, you know, you're going to go through a season of hardship. You're going to go through a season of uncertainty where it in the unknown and it just feels scary. You know, you have, you feel like you can't see or hear God. You're not really sure if you're making the right decisions and the choices and everything just seems to come at you all at once. And it's really hard to tell, you know, whether you, especially when you are a new Christian or if you're a Christian who's been walking with God for a while and maybe you thought you were slipping up or maybe it's just you, God has been telling you he wants you to do, to do something and you're not exactly sure how to do it. So you might be thinking you made a mistake. So when you have these back to back situations where it's just like one bad thing after another, it can be very intimidating and very frightening to think that, you know, maybe God might be upset with you. And if you're not a Christian, you know, like I said, you're not really a threat to Satan or the enemy or the devil, whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, like when you guys are not a Christian, like I said, um, I don't know if anyone's ever told you this, but it's like, you know, you're really not a threat to, you're a threat to God's kingdom, but you're not a threat to the devil himself.
So that means the devil isn't worried about, you know, you trying to make the best choices, the right choices, or you doing the act or the will of God. Like he's not worried about you because you're doing everything that the devil wants you to do. Like you are partying when you know you shouldn't, you're popping pills, having sex with whoever you please, um, more than likely, you know, spreading disease when you know you need to be alarming people about that. Um, if you break someone's heart, you have no intentions of mending it or even caring about how to fix it. If you have problems of your own, you're not going to seek therapy. You're not going to care about how others feel. It's just, it's your way or no way. It's all about you, 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 and nobody else matters. Um, you don't care about what kind of music you listen to or movies. You don't care how much you hurt someone's feelings. You don't care pretty much to an extent of anything other than yourself. And, you know, in that selfishness, that greed and that, that constant state of, you know, thinking you're always in the right and that you are never doing anything wrong and that life's, even though it's not perfect, like you just, you don't think like a Christian. You're not thinking about Christ. You're not thinking about how to benefit someone else's day or how to use your money, skills, resources, um, your anything towards another person other than yourself. Even if you have a family and you think, you know, like, oh, well, I love my children. That's the thing is you don't, you only let it expand for so far. Like you still set a limit of how much you're going to bless someone else or how much you're going to be kind to somebody else. And so as a Christian, you know, like I, I, God just wants me to address this on here. So that's why I'm going over this. When you're a Christian, God wants to use you in any way possible. He's already got an appointed time for when he plans to use you. So when you are on board with Christ and you have accepted him into your heart, you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you and everyone else, that he is the Messiah, that he is the only begotten son of God, and that he has already lived on this earth, has already done his time, and he lived out his purpose for all of us by dying on that cross for us. And you believe in your heart that the Holy Spirit, that he rose up on the third day and that the Holy Spirit is who is with us, is God's spirit, Jesus's spirit, and that he is with us always. So that means when you accept Christ into your heart, you know, just because you can't physically see Jesus or you may not be able to have access to God right now, um, one-on-one, -on -one, you have access to God and Jesus through the Holy Spirit. That was the whole point of you know, Jesus dying on the cross was so that he could be the bridge and the ultimate way for you to have access to God right now without having to go to a priest or have some kind of a real altar or some kind of a um, sacrifice deal. Like Jesus was the, the ultimate sacrifice so that 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 gap is now no longer a gap. Um, now, when you die, you will be able to see God one-on-one. -on -one. Everyone will. But for now, you know, the Holy Spirit is the best thing that you got. It really is. And believing in Jesus and God is the best thing you got. So as a Christian, you know, when we're walking this life out, especially if you are not a Christian and you're just now contemplating whether to, to become a Christian, don't let whatever I said intimidate you or scare you. Um, and if it does, I mean, it's a healthy fear. And there is such a thing as a healthy fear because God does expect you to have a healthy fear of him. 
Like, you know, it's kind of like we have a healthy fear of fire. We have a healthy fear of when we're standing on a cliff to not go over the edge. You know, if we're standing on a skyscraper, we have a healthy fear to stay within a certain boundary on the building. And, you know, as we are, you know, trying to go through this life when it comes to having businesses and different jobs, when it comes to, you know, choosing our friends and the relationships that we have to getting married and how many children we're going to have and what kind of people we allow into our lives and also what connections we have with other people, you got to realize as a Christian, you know, it's not just our choices. God gives us free will. Yes. But here's the problem with free will. When you make your decision, when you make your choices, you know, it's not just you make your choice and then that's that you just live on your life happily ever after. Like, no, there's always going to be something or someone attached in some way to whatever you do. You know, when you get on social media or even me doing what I'm doing right now, when I'm speaking into this mic, when I'm talking to you about the power of God and how faith really activates and what it does, like I'm telling you, there is impact in that. It's not because my voice is impactful. It's because of the words that I'm choosing, the weight that they carry, and the fact that I have the Holy Spirit dwelling within me who's backing me up in these words. Because words are life. There's a weight, a heavy weight that lies with them. And that weight can either build people up or it can tear them down. And I'm sure most of you know that already because a lot of us say that words don't hurt, but we all know that is a huge lie. They do. So anyways, I had to clarify that because what I'm about to say, like, I need you to understand how God kind of broke this down to me about Jonah versus Job, because I've been walking very, very thoroughly with Christ, I would say for the last almost two years. Um, Originally, it started in 2019. God got my attention. He basically wiped me out of the foot. I had a horrible, horrible ankle injury. I could barely walk, barely do anything. Um, I was actually looking pretty pathetic. And I'm not saying that to talk bad about myself. What I'm saying is like, I couldn't, I could barely, there was one day I almost felt like I had to crawl literally on my hands and knees just to move around in my apartment because of the pain. It hurts so much to stand. And that's what I mean. God put me in place and he reminded me, you know, who I was and he was waking me up to to who he wanted me to be. You know, like who I was at the time was not who God had called me to be. He wanted me to come up higher. He wanted me to be a better, be a better person. He wanted to use me in a more mightier way than the way that I thought he wanted to use me, which was just speaking to people about God at warehouses and things whenever I was on my job. And he's like, no, like you have a higher purpose in your life. And the reason I'm starting with this purpose is because that's how I'm going to end is with purpose, with this message. Um, So you'll see, you'll be able to connect the dots with this, hopefully. And like I said, you know, God has a, a very, very amazing plan for each and every one of you listening. Like not a single one of you is going to be left by God unless you choose to when he comes back, when Jesus comes back and he is coming back very soon. I have no idea, just like anyone else, exactly when, the time or hour, but all I can tell you is now is the time to be prepared. Now is the time to be reading your Bible, be praying, be trying to connect and socialize with other, you know, Christians who really are Christians, not people who are 
claiming to be Christians and then still want to live a sinful life. I'm talking about real genuine Christians. Um, if you can't find anybody, then that's okay. Like try to connect, disconnect from some of those people and start connecting with people online. If you need to find YouTube channels that are very uplifting and encouraging for, you know, sermons and Christ and how to become a better Christian. Um, there was a lot of situations where I couldn't even go to church just because of the job that I had in 2019. I had to work on Sundays and I didn't want to do that. And so that's what started my journey with YouTube. Um, Mm -hmm. just like soaking up constant, um, sermons that I could ever watch. Excuse me. And then, um, as far as podcasts go, like I never once thought I would ever be doing a podcast. And then God showed me Anchor. And I was like forever blessed and grateful for it. However, I was also really like scared to come on here. I'm just going to be honest and real with you guys. I was really scared to come on here and start talking about what God was doing in my life when I, to be honest, had absolutely zero idea. Like I thought I knew what he was doing and then things took shifts and things went sideways and south. And I was just like, what is going on? You know, I thought maybe I made God mad. I, you know, I thought I was walking this thing thing out and doing exactly what God was calling me to do. And maybe you yourself are in a position like that where you're just like, you're having back to back to back problems and breakdowns and heartbreaks and issues. And you're just like, what is going on in my life? Like you, <laughs> you feel like you've come at a stand standstill or stands. I can't even talk, but anyways, a standstill where it's like everything was going fine, and then basically it kind of came to a halt. And maybe your your um, finances or your money stopped. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you lost a vehicle, an apartment, or a house. Maybe your children don't want to speak to you or they want nothing to do with you right now. Maybe your friends are the same way. They just, you can't get a hold of them. They don't want to get a hold of you. Um, Maybe the doctors are just giving you the absolute worst responses and what you thought you would get for your questions. You know, the answers are not what you want to hear or the results. I mean, the list goes on, but the point is, is that it's just the worst news of your life or things are just getting worse and worse and worse and it's not getting better and you have absolutely no idea what is going on, why it's happening, what can you do to change it? You're feeling hopeless and helpless. You're feeling lost. You're feeling like maybe, you know, like you've been praying to God and stuff, but maybe at the same time you feel like God might be mad at you. So this is where... I was at in August of 2021, um, somewhat July of 2021, but I still had my apartment and everything then. And I heard God tell me that I would be moving. He said, moving in fall. And he meant fall of 2021. And I'm, I kind of laughed and I was thinking, well, I don't see how I can be moving because I don't have $3,000 lying around or even $5,000 lying around to just pick up and move. Like I still had money At the time that was, you know, that I owed on my apartment because I would have been technically breaking the lease. I had a $40,000 truck in my name. Um, Co-signed with my brother. So I was thinking he, I already made it a point to him that he wouldn't have to pay for it. So I really felt the weight and the pressure on that. This truck was $800 a month. (laughs) 
Um, I was getting shut down after shut down after shut down at the job that I had to the point where I felt like, you know, like God asked me to, to walk away from my job. He said, let go, let me work in your life. Trust me, trust me. And I'm thinking, um, (laughs) God, if I let go of my job, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose my truck. I'm going to lose probably my mind and my insanity. I'm going to lose my finances. Like I'm going to lose everything. And God just reminded me, um, I I can't, I'm sorry guys. I cannot remember exactly where it's at. So I'm just going to basically quote this the best that I can. But there is a scripture where God is talking to someone and he's saying that for a man to lose his life, or for a man who who holds on to his life will lose it, and a man who loses his, his life will find it. Now, he's not talking literally like to go out and kill yourself or anything like that or kill other people. He's talking about the things that you have in your life, whether it be material things or stuff in the heart, like your hope, your love, your faith, um, kindness, um, your perspectives, things like that. Um, the titles that you have of yourself. Um, like if you're a business owner or if you are CEO or if you are the team lead or supervisor somewhere, um, maybe you might lose a title or something. So it's like when you hold on to everything that, first of all, God gave you all this stuff to begin with. You never got this on your own. So I'm just going to throw that out there. You know, God provided all this stuff in your life on, on him, not through you. He used you to get that stuff. Like he gave you the job to provide that amount of money. He gave you the skills to have the promotion. He gave you the health in order to show up to work. You know, he gave you the skills to be a better, you know, worker. The knowledge, He gave you the knowledge and wisdom that it takes to run your own business. He gave you all of that. And that means it's his to do with it what he wants. You know, if, you know, there's a time, everything has a time and season for it. There's literally a reason for everything and a season for everything. And what God wants to do in this season of your life may look this way right now, but what he wants to do in another season of your life may be different. And so when that occurs, because I told God when I got the truck, I got it December 26th of 2020 literally the day after Christmas, my dream truck. (laughs) And I remember sitting in that truck day one. And I told God, like, I was just in such, such shock. I can't even talk right now. Sorry, guys, such shock. And I was just like mesmerized by the fact that God did it. I was actually sitting (laughs) in a $40,000 truck. That I never once thought I would ever be able to obtain at the age of 28. And I just recently turned 29. So um, literally this was not like, it was about a year ago. But the point is, is that God did it. He made it happen. I had enough faith, took the action, went out on a limb and discovered that God came through. Okay. I'm not saying that I had, I mean, yes, I really, really admired that truck. Yes. I really liked it. But here's the thing. I told God that if he ever wanted it back, I would give it back. I said that about my part-time job when I was working at the barn and I said it about the truck and I meant it. I didn't know how long or short lived that would be, but I just knew that 
it came from God. It didn't come from me. I had to have a co-signer for it just because, like I said, I had a job within 30 days when I went to go get this truck. Like, come on now. <laughs> um, my credit wasn't really too much of a problem. It was my work history because, like I said, uh, you know, it's a $40,000 truck. That's a lot. And God made it happen. Um, God was allowing me to still have my apartment after I lost a job before that, before I got my new job. So it was just kind of like, it looked really, really crazy and insane to go out and get that truck. In the world's eye, it would look very dumb, very foolish. But, you know, God uses the foolish to confound the wise. So I was really not wanting to get the truck like I did because I really, really wanted it. But at the same time, I'm like, God, I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to, like, I had to pray on this for weeks. Like, at least two to three weeks. Um, I went all the way down to some place in uh, southern Indiana and, uh, or maybe it was central, I don't know, it was just kind of like below wherever I was living, it was like further down in Indiana, but anyways, I took like an hour and a half drive down there, and I went to go look at this one truck, and it didn't really feel like the one that was for me, and I just kept hearing on the radio, every song that they were playing, it had something to do with a truck, and then finally, the very last song before I walked away from the dealership was something, I don't know if it was Brad Paisley, but it was something about, um, a Chevy, something about a Chevy truck. And I just kind of kept looking like, God, okay, if you want me to get this truck, I'm going to get it. I will do it. <laughs> I don't know where it's going to lead. I don't know if I'm going to be able to manage or handle this thing, but I'm just going to have to step out on the water <laughs> and walk out to you and say yes. And, um, so that's what I did. I got the truck was continuing to work at FTIC. Um, I'm not going to pronounce how that is because it's like kind of long, but it's FTIC for short. And I was in stamping. It was kind of like a manufacturing place. But anyways, so that was the most highest paying job that I had. I was making 18 something an hour. And the job before that was, I think, 16. The job before that was 14. So, I mean, like, like I just kind of worked my way up to the highest paying manufacturer that I've ever been in in my life. And I got my dream truck. I started my social medias. Um, I was getting way closer with Christ. And I thought I was doing great. And then we had a first shutdown. And then I got behind and COVID happened and like, so all kinds of other stuff. And I was thinking, man, like, you know, like, okay, you know, like, I'm, it's all right if we're behind a little bit. Cause I was actually, I paid three full payments. It's $2,400 that I've paid in total for that truck. Um, it was $800 a month. I paid three months worth. Apparently, um, I can't remember who I went through, but whatever the credit place that I went through, they, uh, they told me that if I had been with them earlier, like if I had paid six months worth, then yes, they would have covered me for the whole COVID thing. But because I only paid for three months, uh, they, they couldn't help me. You know, that's $800. Like that's more than my rent. My rent was six seventy five a month. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like this is in the deep. My mom can't help me. My brother can't really help me. I mean, he probably could have a little bit, but I told him he didn't have to. Um, it wasn't really being prideful. It was just more about like, 
God was reminding me that I'm in this. So, and he's in it with me. So I just have to trust him with this. So I stuck it out, thought I was going to get the job, um, or the job that I was at, I thought that it was going to pick up with, um, parts and because it's auto parts and stuff and the main company is in Japan, they had, this is how I know it's all God. <laughs> there was a massive fire that broke out in their, the main warehouse in Japan and almost majority of the, the parts and everything in there got burnt up, like reshaped or whatever, you know, how metal is. And then, um, so the only things that they had that they could run for a while that they could ship out were for the new lines that they had and the company that I was working for or the not department, but the, the building, they, we don't even have lines for the new line that they want to make for a vehicle model because we made parts for Subaru. So the one that we had was for Lafayette, Indiana, and we only had one customer. So if Subaru was down, we were down. So that's why, you know, we had so many shutdowns and it was just like, wow, like here I am trying to do the right thing, trying to pay, trying to pay my bills, trying to, pay, you know, it got to a point where I was paying everything to just paying my rent and utilities to trying to, you know, pay a, a hospital bill here and there. So I was still paying on that um, to a point where I could only pay for my, my food and my groceries. And because I'm also a culinary arts student, so I, I had to pay you know, at least 20 to 40 bucks a week to do my assignments or else I drop out of school because I'd fail. And, um, I mean, they will let you retake the courses and stuff, but I mean, now they're starting to charge. So it's like, I got to be making sure that, you know, like I'm keeping up on stuff. So all in all, all this stuff is happening. And, and like I said, I'm sure if you guys are wanting to know why am I telling you all about my life, well, for one, it is my podcast. Two, this is what it's about is my faith, my experiences and all this stuff. So if you're just tuning in, this is actually, like I said, this is my life. And I'm just trying to reflect to you what God has shown me in my life of how, who and how God is and what he teaches me, basically. So because of all this aftermath of all this stuff, um, I lost everything. I wasn't able to pay for my apartment wasn't able to, you know, I had, I had lost that. I had to lose my truck, I had to sell it back to the dang dealership, which was embarrassing. And I loved it. And it was just like, Oh my gosh. And then, uh, <laughs> um, most of my friends were not really around or available. If I had asked them for help, they probably would have said no, or they couldn't help me with like hardly anything. And that's okay to an extent, because like I said, they're, I didn't really talk to them a whole lot there for a while. And I was just so busy working and doing my own thing. And also, it's not really my friend's responsibility to take care of me. But at the same time, it would have been nice, you know, to have someone step up and say, hey, I've noticed that you're selling your truck. You got any issues going on? Can we help you in any kind of way? But, you know, I didn't get any of that. My friends actually commented and were like, oh, you're selling your truck. And it was more like, to me, it just kind of felt like a shocking laughing matter more than rather a helpful matter. So I just let it go and I gave it to God because I'm like, God... I don't know what's going on, but like, you know, I'm trying to trust you because you told me that I could have this truck, but yet I, and I, even though I said I'd give it back, it's like, I didn't realize it was only going to be like a few months. Like I thought I was going to get to at least enjoy it for a couple years, <laughs> but I trust God. And I was, it was really hard to keep going forward with God on this. Um, but I'm glad that I chose to do that. 
However, um, when I walked away from, you know, FTIC, because like I said, it was just shut down after shut down. There was no way I can keep up with bills. I was like, I'm going to have to get a new job or something or else I'm just not going to be able to make it. <laughs> and I tried going to a donut place in Crawfordsville. That was a no-go. The, the dude did something illegal and I didn't want to be a part of it. Like, I just, I don't want to be wrapped up in it. So I walked away, was only there for about a week, went to another job, was there for about, again, a week. But that, during that week, I got slammed with the whole eviction notice because, um, I didn't get evicted, but I had a choice, either pay up the money or if I admit that I couldn't pay the money, I could basically walk away without having that attached to my name. So that's what I did. And glory be to God on that, because like I said, not very many people do that at all. Um, not that I know of anyways, but, um, so the week that I was starting my brand new job, since the donut place didn't work out, the, uh, the bistro and bakery place, uh, it was really awesome there for the first few days, but then I was like late every day because I was like constantly, having to get stuff packed and moved because I was going to be moving into my brother's. I didn't really want to move there. I was trying to keep up with things in Crawfordsville, Indiana. And none of this stuff was just going in my favor. It wasn't working at all. And I couldn't explain to her, like the most I could even tell her is that I was moving and I'm sorry. Like I just have so much going on. I'm trying to keep up with school. I'm trying to keep up with getting, cause like, it's just me. I don't have, you know, a husband or boyfriend or children or neighbors or anything like that helping me pack and move like this is literally on me and so I'm trying to basically be responsible and be mature and handle everything and it just wasn't going in my favor uh, my mom did actually help me I would say for two days she helped me here and there but she didn't stick around for the entire like two days it was maybe like for three or four hours each day so that was like really, really hard, but we did get myself moved into my brother's. And once I moved into my brother's, this was now August of 2021. I just felt like my entire life died. Like God brought me to a graveyard with my truck and he just had me sit down on this bench and just stare out at the water. And he was just like kind of showing me, like, I know what a graveyard means. You know, it means that, uh, <laughs> something's going to be dying. And I was like, I don't know if he's talking about my truck or if he meant like my, um, not my actual life, but like the, the things within my life. I didn't know if he was saying like, I was going to lose my social media, my followers, my subscribers, um, my finances. Like I was in a lot of debt, a lot, a lot of debt. And I just forfeited. I was like, God, you can have it all. You can have every single thing in my life because if this, you know, like God, if he can bring Lazarus up from the dead, and that's a story for another time, but basically just to sum it up, Mary and Martha had a brother named Lazarus. Lazarus was sick. Um, word got to Jesus about it and he was in another town or country. Or he wasn't country. He was in another town, but he was in another town and he caught wind of the information of Lazarus being sick and he obviously having the power to bring the dead to life and heal the sick and all this stuff. He actually purposely waited on purpose 
to wait four extra days before he went to go visit Mary and Martha to tend to Lazarus. And I can't remember if it was Mary or, or if it was Martha, but one of them asked him, like, you know, you knew like this, what was going on. Like, why did you wait so much longer when you knew that if you had just been here earlier, this wouldn't have happened. And Jesus basically reminded them saying that, you know, because I'm waiting longer to do this, you'll get to see the greatest glory that I can give. Like, it's not just going to be healing from a sickness. Like he's going to be able to resurrect the dead. You know, he's going to be able to bring Lazarus back to life and get ultimate glory in a way that people haven't seen or heard of before. And so that story right there is kind of what resonated with me with my story, because everything in my life was just kind of slipping around, slipping through the cracks of my fingers. I didn't know how to stop it, how to control it, how to, you know, make it slow down. It was just kind of coming really fast. It was just one thing after another. And I never had time to process it. And I just felt like everything got stolen from me. Everything got taken. Everything that I worked so hard for in a year just came crumbling down. And this time I wasn't very prideful. I wasn't being really arrogant. Um, now there are, now I will say this, there are things in my life I really did need to develop a new habit or I needed to develop a new mindset on. However, I was dedicating my life to God. I was reading in his word. I was praying. I was meditating on God. I was sticking to myself in my own lane. I wasn't really, you know, harassing anyone or causing problems. Um, I wasn't being disobedient in that way. However, I was too scared to, because I started a YouTube channel and I started, um, and that's called Walk in Your Worth. Um, I also have a Facebook page called Walk in Your Worth, a group that's linked to that, that is Confused and Confident. And then I also have just developed a few other things that I was working on or going to work on back then that I just now started now. But in this process of me going through the most nightmarish <laughs> circumstances and events of my life. Like I said, my phone even cracked and I my phone's disconnected right now, but that's going to change soon. Um, I actually am jobless. Like I actually don't have, I, I went to like one more job and I was there for like a month and from like August to September and I ended up having to walk away because the guy was just so hateful and rude and disrespectful and I was like I am not gonna stand here and take that like not day after day like that and um I told God you know when I tried to go to another job I just heard him say how many jobs you have to to have before you realize that maybe I don't want you working like maybe I want you to work for me and I want you to to go deeper with me and I was just like, oh my gosh, God, you mean to like actually not look for a job? Do you know how insane that sounds? I can't do that. And he was like, what are you going to choose? You know, money or me? Because you can't choose both. And I felt like he was asking me like, how much do you love me? And so I chose and I chose God. Like I chose to give up everything, to be laughed at, to be looking like a fool, to be looking like you know, I had everything and then to just have it swept right up under me and things were, haven't really been changing. Uh, I mean, they have now, but there for a while they were stagnant. And I just remember asking God, like, God, I need to know, am I a Jonah or am I a Job? 
because Job, we all know he's gone. He lost, he suffered so much way more than whatever I've gone through. And, uh, but we also know with Jonah that he was being very rebellious and he was going against what God had told him to do. And that's what caused him to get in the belly of a whale. And, you know, that's where I couldn't tell with my situation if it was being more of a, uh, a Jonah situation where maybe I rebelled and I just wasn't aware of it. And this is the result or, um, like God may be taking something away from me because I maybe made him mad or, you know, like he's punishing me or something. But then there's the other side of me that thought maybe I was Job, like, like Job, where maybe because I was following Christ, because when you do follow Christ as a Christian, when you're truly following him, there are consequences to following him. It's not because you're being punished. It's because the world hated Jesus. And he even says that they will hate you because they first hated me. They'll persecute or persecute you because they persecuted me. They will not like you because they didn't like me. You know, they'll mock you because they mocked me. And he was just pointing that out to me there for a while. And then I kind of got in this little tidbit of dis undisbelief or disbelief, however you say it. I was kind of going, you know, back and forth. Like I was believing him. And then at the same time, I was kind of like, well, you know, like I did do this. Maybe I wasn't. So I was starting to feel a little guilty. So I just sat down one day and I was like, God, I need to know which one am I? Am I Jonah or am I Job? I need an answer. Because I don't know what to do from here. I don't know how to move forward. I don't know what... I'm I'm so scared to make a decision because I'm afraid I'm going to make the wrong one. I don't want to make you mad. I don't want to upset you or disrespect you. Um, like, I need to know. And sure enough, like... And this is what's so interesting. Um, and I'll save this for the very end because I'm going to tell you guys what mine is. If you haven't guessed it already, but I will just share with you what it is. After I revealed to you what God showed me about Jonah versus Job. So basically I have a comparison. And this is the Jonah versus Job situation. And how to tell if you are Jonah or Job. When bad things keep happening. So there's five points to what God revealed to me during this part of my journey of my life. So I'm going to read off each point, but I'm going to do a versus scenario. So it's going to be starting with Jonah and then I'm going to be talking about Job and I'm going to go through each point, um, one through five. So number one is character. So when you are having bad things that keep happening to you, you know, think about Jonah and then also think about Job and then th consider yourself like which one you might be. So with Jonah in the very beginning for both Jonah and Job in line one of each chapter for Jonah and Job, it starts off revealing to you what their character is like. For Jonah, it was rebellious and it was his fault. Um, the verse for that is now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, you know, and he was asking him to go to Nineveh. And that's uh, chapter one, chapter one, verses one through three. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, but Jonah wanted to go to Tarshish away from the Lord. And that's actually in the complete opposite direction from which God had told him to go. So here we have Jonah who, who already accepts the fact that that was God speaking to him. 
he acknowledges what his assignment is, which is to go to Nineveh. And he knows what was going to happen there. And that's why he didn't want to go. So his reaction was, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go the opposite direction because I don't want to do what God told me to do. So he's already in from the beginning knows what his fault is. Whereas Job for character is righteous. It says in the first, um, the first line, you know, he's not at fault and he's righteous because it says a man named Job who was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. That's chapter one, verse one. So Job had God's favor on him majority of his life. God blessed Job in every way and in every area of his life. And Satan told God that if Job would curse God into his face, or sorry, I kind of wrote this really quick, but basically what Satan was telling him was that if Job would curse God into his face, it would be because Satan touched all that he had because Job had not experienced anything like that. He's, he's always just been blessed like his entire life. Like, as you would say, people who look like that, a silver spoon in their mouth, like <laughs> he just, he's always had it good. And he had plenty of children, plenty of livestock. He had a lot of property and land. He had servants. I mean, the dude was rich. Like he had great stuff and he lived a very blessed life. Jonah, it doesn't really clarify, you know, what kind of man he was other than the fact that he just seemed to be like an average Joe and God just wanted to use him. You know, there's really no background to Jonah other than the fact that um, he just seems to be an ordinary guy and God just wanted to, you know, raise him up and use him and speak to a group of people. So for Job, you know, God agreed to let Satan tempt Job to curse God by taking away everything he had in his life except for his own life. So that means Satan could touch everything in his life except for Job's actual life. And um, and that leads... So that's kind of like, you know, when you guys are facing a lot of hard things, you got to realize, like, first of all, start with your character. Like, are you at fault or are you, are you not? Because with Jonah, he already knew that he was going to be running from God. <laughs> he already knew about this. Job was not at fault. Like he was just living his best life, minding his own business, doing his normal thing. And then all of a sudden something changed. So that leads me to point number two, which is knowing of wrongs. And again, Jonah knew and admitted to being in the wrong. And that's chapter one, verses eight through 10. Sorry, guys, if you hear my dog, but, um, I'm just going to paraphrase this. So the men on the boat asked Jonah about his business and whereabouts and what God he serves. And of course, Jonah responded, you know, that he serves the God of heaven who made, sorry, who made the land and the sea. And of course, they know that Jonah now is running away from the Lord. So now that they know that he's running away, you know, Jonah's not really like, he didn't really tell anybody what his business was before he got on this boat when he got to Tarshish, um, unless, I don't know, I don't know, he didn't tell anybody, but anyways, um, he didn't tell anybody, like, in the very beginning, so he's kind of, like, keeping to himself, he's keeping this lie bottled up, um, he thinks he's not gonna get caught, he thinks he can just, just kind of, like, do what he wants, even though he knows that it was God who spoke to him to go do the assignment, 
And then in Job's case, you know, Job didn't know he was being tested. Instead, you know, he worshiped God after the loss of his children, animals, servants, and property. So even though he had the worst tragic experience of a lifetime, and guys, let me tell you, when Job lost all these things, it was not like a few days apart or weeks apart, months apart, excuse me, or years apart. This was literally all in the same day and it was back to back to back to back. Like he literally had different people. Like the first person came in there to talk about like him losing his animals. Another person came in there talking mm -hmm. about, or sorry, losing his servants. Um, another person, while that person was talking, came in to announce that he lost his animals. And then while that person was talking, came in to announce that he lost his children. And then while that person was talking, came in, like, see what I'm saying? It was just boom, 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 boom. There was no time to react, no time to process, no time to think. There was no time. Like, he literally just had to take it and and just, like, get hit with this, you know, horrific circumstance or circumstances and Jonah you know he I'm sorry and with with Job even though he had that he a, a normal person's reaction would probably be a lot of sadness wailing crying um isolating themselves committing suicide just wanting to disconnect from the entire world because like their world literally just got flipped completely in like less than a second um, in their perspective, because it just happened unexpectedly. And even though this happened to Job, he didn't react in that way. He, back in that day, he tore his clothes off and shaved his head. Not sure how long all the shaving of the head would take, but I can guarantee you, like, after all that was said and done, you know, like, it probably did take a little bit of a while. But he basically worshiped God and was just saying, you know, like, I am aware that this is you and I'm aware that you know, this is your doing and that I'm just going to praise you anyways. So to lose that much and to still praise God, that seems almost impossible to do in today's world because that is a lot of heartache, so much heartache. And um, like I said, he acknowledged that that was God as well. Just like Job had, it, or sorry, Jonah had acknowledged that that was God speaking and doing this as well. <clears throat> so point one is character, being rebellious or being righteous? Um, was it your fault for something that you've done that's causing these circumstances? Or was you being righteous where you're like Job, you're just minding your own business and boom, something happens. Um, the second point is knowing of wrongs. Like, did you know that it was your fault? Did you know you mess up? Did you know, like Jonah, did you know that you are choosing to run away from God? You know, God told you to date a certain person or to get a certain job or to stay away from something. And yet you're going in the opposite direction of what he told you to do or to not to do. Um, versus being like Job, where you have no idea who sent this person into your life, like why they're targeting you or why someone is sabotaging you or why you're being accused of something or why something horrible is being taken away from you. Like you have absolute no idea what is causing this horrific event, but you do know that, you know, you were being the best person that you can be in the, you know, weeks, months, years prior to whatever happened to you. Um, and that leads into point number three which is continuous troubled circumstances. So at this point, just because, like I said, you acknowledge God doesn't mean that that's enough. It doesn't mean that it's just going to put a halt to everything. Um, 
whatever God says is what goes. So in the event of things, you know, Jonah didn't actually repent fully until after he was in the belly of the whale. So it wasn't until he was at his absolute worst state where there was no way out. There was no way to escape. There's no way that he can deny that this is God before he finally realized I am in the wrong. I need to say, I'm sorry to God. I need to repent. I need to make, you know, basically humble himself and realize before God and realize that he's in the wrong and that he shouldn't have done what he did or said what he said and that, you know, he needs to take back what he said and mean it. And, you know, so that's where, like, when he was in the belly, like, um, he was in there for three days and three nights. So it's not like he was in there just for, like, one night. And as soon as he said that he repented, he got spit out because um, he knew he was in the wrong so, um, yeah, so I'm not going to go too further on that yet. I'm going to jump over to Job. So for Job, for point number three is Job didn't repent until after he and his friends had conversation amongst each other. His friends rebuked Job and then Job questioned God about the circumstances in his life. Like for the most part, he was believing in God. He was trying to keep his faith. He had some back and forth moments while he was talking to his friends. They were kind of putting ideas and thoughts in his head that he needed to be rebuked, that he was in the wrong, that Job was in the wrong. They were trying to tell him that God was mad at him and that, you know, Job wasn't a very righteous man, that he deserved everything that he was getting that kind of thing. And Job's over here feeling, you know, a false guilt. Like he has no idea why they're attacking him like that. These are his friends, but yet they're acting more like enemies. He has no idea what's going on. Um, but because he's hearing this and he's in such a, a, a state of despair and desperation for comfort, you know, he realizes, and because he is a righteous man, he goes ahead and he realizes that, you know what, maybe I was in the wrong. Maybe I do deserve this. You know, like I, I, he said the word, I loathe my life, meaning I hate my life. Like I don't want it anymore. And then he didn't like blame God, but he questioned God in a way where he, uh, I have to read my notes here. Let's see. Yeah, so, like, Job questioned God about the circumstances in his life. God not only answered Job, but had challenged him to answer God when he spoke to Job. So, as he's after he had the conversation with his friends, he's now having a, a prayer conversation between him and God. And God is basically challenging him, like, no, you're not going to be silent. Like, you're going to answer me. Like, I answered you. I told you what is going on. I told you why. So, now I need you to do the same for me. I need you to tell me why you thought of me the way that you did or why you were falling for certain things or like what was going on. And I'm just paraphrasing most of this stuff. So you guys know that. Um, like I said, if, if you have a Bible or if you have the Bible app, um, you can get it on Google play. It's for free. Um, you can go ahead and download that and you can read the book of Job for yourself. And I will warn you, it is a very long book. There's like 48, mm -hmm. I believe there's 48 chapters in there. So, um, just a heads up. It is a long one, but it's worth it. Let's see. Yeah, and I'm actually, I'm going to have to 
probably stop this for right now because I'm coming up at 52 minutes and I think we only allow 60 minutes on here so I'm gonna have to like stop this one and start in on another one and I will be finishing this out all right thanks guys hey guys it's Miranda Hughes again um with Faith Strong so anyways um sorry about the interruption um I really, God just laid on my heart, um, I had to explain the depths of a Christian with the way that bad things occur, because, like I said, when a non-Christian is basically experiencing bad things, it's more than likely because they don't believe in God, and they're dealing with Satan and all that, and they're just wrapped up in that stuff, so when they try to become a Christian, that's when they start experiencing, like, the, the new life turbulence, is what I call it. So it's basically when you're breaking ground into living a whole new life and the enemy is sensing that you are turning away from the witchcraft and the spiritual warfare and you're turning away from wicked evil ways or you're just simply turning away from being an atheist to believing in God. Um, whatever it is, you know, like you, you're just you're turning away. So I had to break that down and let people know that, you know, yes, you will experience some bad things. When you are not a Christian, but it's not, I don't know how to say it. Like, it's not that you're not being punished. It's just because you are just like anybody else. Like, whether you believe in God or not, everyone goes through horrible things. But when you are a Christian and you go through horrible things, this is what this is all about. Is It's kind of, it's kind of like breaking it down and explaining, you know... You know, are you being a Jonah or a Job in the situation that you are in? Like, is what you're going through happening because you've rebelled or because God's testing you because he's about ready to promote you kind of thing? Um, so I had to break that down and clarify on that. And then also I wanted you guys just as an update to kind of know what's been going on my, in my life and why I've been kind of silent for a while. Because like I said, I do, I believe in God so much and I will be honest I don't really like to put up any information about God or the Bible or my life unless I have God's permission, unless I know that this is, you know, truth, meaning it's, I'm not just going to, um, I don't mind paraphrasing from the Bible, but I don't want it to be always paraphrasing from the Bible. I do want to have actual scripture when I talk about this, because this is, you know, supposed to be making impact and helping lives and other people. It's not just supposed to be just me sharing my story. It's also supposed to be sharing the gospel and the faith of Jesus Christ um, that has taken place within my life so that it can benefit and make an impact in others' lives so that they can continue that and multiply that um, just one person after another. Um, so now that I got that cleared out of the air, um, I'm going to leave, I think I left off with point number three. So I'm just going to do a recap and continue on with this. Um, we're almost done. So like I said, this one's kind of a long one, but for whatever reason, um, unless there's been an update, Anchor normally only allows us to record up to 60 minutes of talk time on here. I wish that would change. Um, until then, this is probably the best I'm going to have to do, so I apologize, but you know, work with what you got. But anyways, so when bad things keep happening, this is how to tell if it is a Jonah or Job situation. And basically, originally, I called it the Jonah versus Job effect. Um, and that's probably what I really need to call it. So 
because it really is it's an effect it's a cause and effect it really is what it is and examples from the bible of what happens is either through jonah or job and in verse one of each chapter of jonah and job um, it talks about their character so point one is character jonah was being rebellious he was at fault he knew he was at fault Job, on the other hand, was righteous and he was not at fault. He was just minding his own business. He had no idea what what kind of plans God had for him that was coming up. And he thought life was just great and amazing. And then it just kind of like went south really fast. Um, point number two is knowledge of wrongs. So again, Jonah, he knew and he admitted to being in the wrong Um in verse chapter one, verses eight through 10, he's on this boat and he's talking to, I don't even know. It doesn't, I don't think it says how many men, but he's just talking to different men who believe in different gods and they're out on the sea and, you know, they're trying to get back to the shore and they realize that the sea is very angry. There's a lot of violent waves and winds and they're trying to figure out, okay, which one of us made a, um, their God mad and so they're throwing things out of the boat, <laughs> trying to, like a sacrifice, like trying to throw things off the boat um, in order to calm the sea. And of course, none of their gods are working because, you know, we all know that that's not real. And um, their gods are not a real god because God, our God up in heaven is the only God. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Um, he, There is no other gods before him. But anyways, so... Of course, they finally make their way to Jonah and they're like, you know, who are you? What are you doing? Where are you from? Like your country? What what God do you serve? And he tells them, I serve God of the heaven, the one who has made the land and the sea. And of course, right then and there, they already knew. They're like, oh, it's you then. <laughs> like you're the one that's causing all this ruckus, all this, you know, ridiculous amount of, you know, intensity of the sea. Like we need to get rid of you. <laughs> and you know, they weren't really sure what to do because, you know, they don't want to have, they don't want to be guilty of having blood on their hands if he were to die, if they threw him over into the sea. Because, I mean, think about it. There can be sharks, whales, all kinds of things in there. <laughs> there could be sharp rocks, depending on, you know, where they throw him at. Um, you just, you never know. And also he could drown. So they just, they didn't want that guilt on there. And so they prayed to God when they never really like considered him as their God. But like I said, God was able to use Jonah in that moment for that um, as well, because now these people have finally witnessed, you know, how God can be when you set things straight and do the right thing. So anyways, they threw him overboard <laughs> and Jonah, um, he told them to do it. And that's the thing is like, you know, that the Holy Spirit had to have spoken to him because he said that your problems will go away, the sea will calm down if you toss me over over the sea or over into the sea, over the boat. Toss me into the sea over the boat and your problems will go away, the sea will calm down. And so they know now that, you know, this whole ordeal is because of him. To whereas in Job, um, for point number two of knowing of wrongs, he had absolutely no idea that he was being tested. And after he had lost pretty much his entire life like he lost his his family or his children um he lost his his property he lost his servants he lost his animals like his livestock um he just he lost all of it 
and it was all in one day it was just like boom 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 back to back to back and he couldn't figure out you know like how to deal about this most people would either commit suicide or they would just shut themselves away from the world and other people because they just want to be alone they want to basically just not live or exist anymore they just want to you know they just want to be numb and they can't think or process anything but instead, for what he did is he uh, tore his clothes, so he basically got naked. Don't know why they did that, but I guess it was a symbol of something back in the day of grieving. And then he shaved his head because he thought that, you know, I came into this world naked. I'm going to leave this world naked. He's basically telling God, take my life. But at the same time, he's also on his hands and knees praying and worshiping God, saying, um, I will, I'm going to choose to worship you. Like So even though he went through all of that, you know... All of that trouble, all of that insane amount of intense, you know, agony. He literally chose to still put God first and to still choose to worship him after all of that. And um, that's what leads me to point number three, which is continuous troubled circumstances. So with that, you know, it is exactly how it sounds. It's just it's continuous. It's getting worse. It's increasing with the trouble. And again, with, with Jonah... You know, he uh, he didn't exactly, like, fully repent when, um, you know, to make everything stop. What he did, he didn't fully repent until after he was in the belly of the, of the whale. And like I said, um, before I got cut off, because <laughs> I was at 52 minutes, I was just like, I'm just going to start a whole new thing. But um, when he was in the belly of the whale, he was in there for three days, three nights, and you could only imagine, like, he already knew that God was mad at him and that, you know, when those winds were picking up and the, the waves were rocking in the boat and everything like that, he already knew it, the reason that it was going on was because of him. Like, he had that gut-wrenching feeling that, you know, when you know, you know that it's you. And he already told the people to just, you know, the, the men to toss him overboard so that the problem would go away. But what he didn't know is that he was going to get swallowed up by a whale. Okay. He probably thought that, okay, they're going to toss me over the board or over the boat and it's going to calm the sea down. You know, the Holy Spirit's talking to him because he told them to do that. And he told them that if they did that, if they had tossed him over, that the sea would calm down. Now, how is he supposed to know if it would calm down if he jumped out unless the Holy Spirit told him? So, even though God's mad at him, he's still speaking to him. He's still correcting him and guiding him to make a better decision. And again, he still has free will. He still has a choice to either, you know, go through with it or not. But even if he didn't, if he did want to stay on the boat, it wasn't going to happen even if he wanted to because those men were going to throw him overboard anyways because they pray to God saying, don't let this bloodshed be on us. Um, even though they don't believe in, in his God, they are going ahead and they are basically continuing with their plan to calm the sea by, you know, throwing him overboard. And so when that happens, you know, we're, he's probably thinking like most of us would is I'm just going to swim back to shore or I'm just going to, um, swim to another boat if he can see one in the distance and nope, he gets swallowed up by a whale. <laughs> and of course, at this point, this is how, like, like I said, when you are in the wrong and you are, Going against God, do not underestimate the power of God because if he wants you somewhere or if he wants you with someone 
or if he wants you to be at a certain job or a certain place or to behave a certain way, he is going to make sure, because his words do not return to him void, meaning that they're not empty and that his will will be fulfilled, um, what he says goes, he's going to get you where you need to go. So for Jonah's case, you know, he, uh, he did get all the way over to Nineveh. Um, now if he had just done what God had told him to do originally, he could have avoided all this and he could have just, you know, got on a boat, went in the direction to Nineveh and he would have arrived safely, peacefully from a boat onto dry land. But in this case, he's now hitching a new ride through a whale that is stinky, very like probably gassy and very acidic because of all the gas, um, and acidic, I can't say acidity. I can't say it guys, but anyways, the acid that's in his stomach. And, um, yeah, so he is basically riding in this whale. And even if he were to say, God, I'm really sorry. Cause you know, <laughs> there's no way you're getting out of this. There's absolute no way. Like you're done for you are, it's going to take an act of God to get you out of this because you're not sitting in the mouth. You're sitting in the belly. Okay. Where things digest and things break down. And even if he were to say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me, or I repent, you know, he's not getting out right then and there the second he repented immediately. Like, no, like God's keeping him in there for three days and three nights because one, he's reminding him who he was, you know, dealing with, which is God. And you don't run away from God. Um, you can't really outrun him because he's everywhere. And second is that God, you know, he's chosen Jonah to do this task and his like I said what God says goes so he's going to make it happen to where Jonah realizes that God is the ultimate God and what he says goes whether he agrees with it or likes it or not and this is the only way for him to basically you know live again is to do God's will um, so like I said, that three days and three nights was the whole journey of him getting, um, from the water to Nineveh just now through the whale. And then in Job's aspect, sorry guys, I'm switching on you. So in Job's aspect for point number three, which is, um, continuous troubled circumstances. So Job didn't repent until after he and his friends had conversations amongst each other. His friends rebuked Job and then Job questioned God about the circumstances in his life. God not only answered Job, but had challenged Job to answer God when he spoke to him. Then Job repented for speaking of things about... Sorry. Then Job repented for speaking of things above his knowledge of God. Meaning like while he was speaking to, while Job was speaking to his friends um, about why things were happening in his life, his friends were basically making him feel guilty. They were rebuking him, making him feel like, you know, he didn't deserve um, or he did deserve everything that was happening to him and that God wasn't going to save him. And, you know, Job basically had to choose to, to not believe what his friends said. And actually even his own wife was even telling him to, to forget about God and to curse him. So his own, you know, spouse was saying this and Job had to choose God still. 
But even in the midst of that, you know, he started to get swept up in some of it. He started to believe some of it to the point where he hated his life. He said that he loathed his life. He hated it. And he just wished God would have taken him out or something. Um, he was talking about like there's a graveyard set up for him or something. And like I said, I'm paraphrasing through all this because I'm trying to wrap it up. But, uh, you know, God finally answered him and he started questioning him about like, you know, who are you to basically believe that I can da 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 like do this or do that? And he's basically, God is telling Job that, you know, God can do whatever he wants and man is like basically nothing, but God gives him everything kind of thing. And, um, you know, Job knows really who and how God is as far as being God versus his friends who are using the circumstance and the situation to manipulate, to make Job feel bad. So, um, yeah, sorry. I'm just making sure I'm on track. So yeah, so when things got worse is when God stepped in and that's where, like when it got to the worst of the worst, you know, God wasn't going to allow it to go on too long because he knows what each and every one of us can handle and can take. And so for Job, he stepped in once Job started to hate his life. You know, he didn't want Job to commit suicide. He didn't want him to just give up on God or anything. So he knew when the right time was to jump in there and speak to Job and tell him the truth. But he also challenged Job because like Job kind of felt silent, like he felt like he shouldn't say anything after God explained some things. But God was challenging him saying, no, like you, you know, if, if I ask you a question, you're going to answer me. Like, I want to know why you were thinking what you thought. I want to know why, um, you know, like you felt the way you felt. And um, so Job had to answer God to that. And then with Jonah... Like I said, God stepped in when he needed to be thrown off the boat. You know, he appointed, it says in the Bible that God appointed a whale to swallow up Jonah. And he appointed the whale to go to the dry land of Nineveh so that he can get there. Well, it wasn't really exactly Nineveh, but it was just like, you know what I mean? Like in order to get to the land that's connected to Nineveh, because he had a whole day's worth of a travel um, on foot, I believe. I don't know. I'll have to look into that part. That part may not matter, but it did say he had a day's worth of travel. Um, but anyway, so God does step in when your continuous troubles, when your continuous troubled circumstances go on. Like he's not going to allow it to go on forever. But like I said, whether you're being rebellious or you are righteous, at some point, you're going to have to face God again and yourself again. Like God's going to allow you to kind of evaluate yourself and see where you're at and what you're doing and why you behaved or acted or spoke the way that you did um, concerning yourself, others, and God. And then that leads me to point number four, which is resolved problem and restored peace. So for Jonah, he, his problem got resolved when he prayed for salvation, which is in chapter two, it was nothing but a solid prayer. And so he's, I don't know if he like continuously prayed this prayer to God, or if it was just a, a bunch of different prayers. 
and um, they all got like kind of put together because you got to realize to be in there for three days in pure darkness, foul smelling, you know, fish odor and stomach odor from the, the, the acid, pure darkness and not having any idea how long you're going to be in there. Excuse me. Um, that could actually feel like a small form of hell. It really can. Because, and very, very, like, a gloomy, dooming experience. Because, like I said, you don't know if you're going to actually get out of there. And even if you pray to God, you know that he's mad at you. You know you sinned against him. So now, <laughs> you're basically at the mercy of him. Like, you know it's only going to take God to get you out. So, for the restored problem, the problem was is that Jonah was being rebellious and running away. And the resolved problem happened when he prayed for salvation. And again, that happened in chapter chapter two. And then the restored peace, you know, so the fish had spit Jonah out on dry land. Um, that's chapter two, verse uh, 10. And God told Jonah again to go to Nineveh. And this time Jonah did. So like I said, the problem got resolved. Um, God allowed Jonah to go through that so that it would teach him to be more obedient and to be more respectful and fearful of the Lord and to not just go his own way. And also, you know, through him, you know, praying to God for salvation, that's what opened up God's ear to him that, okay, you know, like you're going to do what I said you're going to do because he knows like when he mentioned to Jonah again, a second time, the same command or the same task to go to Nineveh, even though Jonah really did not still want to go there, he went ahead and did it anyways. So now there's a restored peace. Now, Jonah's not peace in his heart about like, I would say like he feels like you can, sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. There's a peace with Jonah in a sense that he's doing the right thing, even though he doesn't agree with it um, because he didn't really like the Nineveh people. But he also, you know, he knows that God is very gracious and in his eyes, he felt that the Nineveh people should have been wiped out pretty much. And he knows that God was more than likely going to save him because like I said, Jonah did that with, or God did that for Jonah. So why would God not do it for the Nineveh people? Well then, um, let me, sorry guys, I'm trying to like read where I'm at. Yeah, so once uh, he got spit out and he knew where he was at and he knew that he was on the right track and everything, he knew that the problem was resolved, that God had gotten the problem of Jonah's heart fixed to the point where he could work with Jonah and Jonah would do what God had called him to do, which is to speak to the Nineveh people and telling them to repent or God was going to cause damage um, to their city and the people and he was going to, it was just going to be a bad day for them. Now, Job, on the other hand, um, for point number four, for resolved problem and restored peace, um, Job didn't get any of that until he prayed for his friends, who at one point acted like enemies. God made his anger and clarity known to Job's friends for not speaking correctly about God and for, for them to make things right with Job. So basically they had to go get so like seven bulls, I think, because they had to go back in that day. They had to do like animal sacrifices um, for atonement and healing and all that kind of stuff for um, 
for God. And so they gave Job seven bulls and they were doing the sacrifices. Um, they already repented with God and they basically had to apologize to Job. And they, God did let his Job's friends know that Job would be praying for them. And then it, sh- it said that after that, uh, Job had prayed for his friends. So basically, again, God already knew that Job is a type of person that would pray for these people anyways, even though he hadn't made a suggestion to Job to pray for them yet. Um, Job did pray for his friends once God did reveal to him to do that. Um, and because he had, you know, his friends had attempted to make it right with Job and they brought the sacrifices. They said their sorries. They made their amends. Job prayed for them. That brought the resolved problem, which is correcting the lack of information and misinformation, I guess, as far as like, um, who and how God is. And, you know, God's always about making things right and better. So that, that alone is what brought restored peace. For Jonah, it was just peace that he <laughs> was still alive and he wasn't going to be sent to doom like he thought he was going to be. For Job, it was just a piece of things coming together and things becoming to be right again. And then that's what leads to number five in the point is purpose. So for Job, it was uh, Nineveh had repented. Um, so the purpose that God had for to use Jonah to save Nineveh, you know, that's, it came about, it came to pass. And in order for God to break it down to Jonah, because Jonah was actually really furious with God. He was very angry still that the fact that God chose to save the people instead of bring them to ruins. And he didn't understand it. He was like, if they're such a horrible people, you know, and you tell me to tell them to repent. And I think that they won't. And then after I tell them about you and that they need to repent or, you know, else, and then they do, and then you let them live and you're not even going to continue with your plan to ruin them. He was thinking, why would you do that? Like, why would you be gracious? What's the point of having me come over here, having come all this way (laughs) to tell them to repent and then they actually do repent and then you don't do anything to them. Like to him, he thinks it's a waste of time. He thinks it was like, what's the point of me being here you know, and he's thinking also like, God, if you're so gracious and why would you have, again, me tell them to repent if you were just going to save them anyways. And it's the point that God was trying to use was to instill some fear and to also, um, a healthy fear. And he also wanted to bring restoration to Nineveh. They were in the wrong, they were sinning, they needed to repent, but they also needed to know how gracious and merciful God is. And in order to do that, God wanted to use Jonah. So, um, even though Jonah wasn't grasping it, he wasn't understanding why God was choosing mercy. Uh, he actually wandered away from Nineveh and he was like somewhere in the desert. He was getting all upset and God provided, uh, he had discomfort. And so God took care of that by providing a plant that grew up or sprung up in the desert and it provided shade for Jonah. And Jonah was very happy about that. He felt loved, cared for, you know, because God provided that for him. And then at nighttime, while he was sleeping, um, God also appointed a worm to devour that plant so that the next day when it came around, the plant was gone and there was no shade. And um, 
basically God allowed a, a wind to come about and it caused the heat to kind of really intense on Jonah and Jonah woke up and he was like telling God again, he's mad because now he's like, um, like what happened to the plant? Like, why, why did you have that, you know, wither? And all God could, you know, basically talk to him about is, you know, you have more passion or more compassion and more care for this plant than you did the Nineveh people. Like, like he's like, you really think that being angry over this is going to serve you well? <laughs> and of course, you know, Jonah being stubborn like he is, is like, yes, I'm so mad that I just want to die. Like, he's like, just leave me alone. And um, basically, God had to show him through the plant. He was telling him that if you have pity on this plant, God has pity on Nineveh. Because like Jonah didn't plant the plant. He didn't establish it. He didn't create it. He didn't have any kind of work that associated with the plant, but yet he got to reap the benefit of it. He got to reap the shade and, and how it was very comforting to block the sun. And so for God to use the plant with, with Jonah, he was basically telling him that Jonah was like, in a way, that plant to Nineveh, like he had to use Jonah to get those people to realize that, Hey, I'm going to provide a little bit of shade on you. You know, like I said, sometimes shade's not bad. <laughs> um, if y'all know what I'm talking about, like sometimes if someone's correcting you or they're trying to convince you to turn back to Christ or to repent or to get on track and do the right thing, it's not because, um, it's not just because, you know, you're in the wrong. It's because God wants you to be corrected in love so that he can establish you and he can, you know, show you grace and mercy, favor and kindness and love. And that's where God was trying to remind Jonah that, you know, if he can have that pity on the plant, then he should be able to have it with Nineveh. Like God should be able to have that with Nineveh. Um, so I don't know if that helps you guys with anything on that. But then the another... The other point, which is number five for purpose for Job, is, like I said, for for Jonah, his purpose was basically speaking to Nineveh and allowing them an opportunity to repent so that God didn't destroy them. And because he obeyed, um, eventually he obeyed, and the will of God was done. God did not have to do what he was planning to do to Nineveh. So that for it brought purpose into not just Jonah's life, but also Nineveh's. There's like 120,000 people living there, I believe. And then um, for Job, the purpose for Job, after everything he went through, it was God restored Job's fortunes and his children with new children. God gave Job two times more than what he had before. So two times more with the fortunes, the children, the livestock. I'm not sure if he had the same wife or if he got a new one. Um, I can't remember if it says anything about that. But that's the whole point is that when you are going through something of, of all this yourself and you are not sure which one you are... <laughs> Start off with point number one is character. Um, did I do something? Did God tell me to do something and I rejected it or I was being rebellious? Um, or is it, you know, the other one like Job? Have I been being righteous, not being at fault and just doing my own thing and doing the will of God? And then something just sprang up in my life that was very bad. 
Point number two, knowledge of wrongs. This is where, like I said, you know, take account of yourself, excuse me, of the things that you've been doing in your life. Like if you've been breaking any of the 10 commandments, um, repeatedly or really major ones, I can guarantee you, you're, you know, it is God that's going to have to save you, but he's also going to, you know, he's going to want you to admit to your wrongs. Um, as far as like knowledge of wrongs, it's not just, just the 10 commandments. It's also like, it's little simple things. Like, did God tell you to apologize to someone and you haven't done it yet? Did God tell you to go somewhere and you haven't done it yet? Did like, and there actually is a Bible verse on this. I can't remember where it's at, but it says, uh, for him who knows what to do, but fails to do it for him, that is sin. And that actually hits me all the time pretty hard because like, I know like if I can't find it in the Bible, but God has told me to do something and I'm trying to like slip by with it, like, eh, I don't need to do that. And God's like, he'll bring that verse to my attention. I'm like, hmm, yep, yep, yep. You got me there. <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so that's what I mean. So like number one is character. Make sure you're not being rebellious um, versus are you being righteous? Number two is knowing of wrongs. Go back and review your day, your life, your week, your month, your actions, whatever it is. Skim through that and figure out, okay, where have I gone wrong? What mistakes have I made? Um, what could I have done better? Kind of like a self-evaluation. Um, number three is the continuous troubled circumstances. If you, at this point, if you know that you've done something when you shouldn't have, or if you haven't done something when you should have, then you know that it's probably God getting on your case, causing pressure and causing some anxiety and causing, um, it's not really anxiety, but anxiety can come from the pressure of him trying to get you to move, to make a move, the right move, or for you to, um, do whatever it is that God's called you to do or not do whatever God's called you to not do. Um, if you have been righteous and you've just been doing your own thing and continuous troubled circumstances are occurring, it's more than likely that you can probably identify that God is testing you because when it's back to back and it's numerous things and you haven't really been sinning in a way where like no one's perfect. But what I mean is if you haven't been sinning to a degree of purposely causing harassment or causing other people pain and you're not trying to, you know, like you're not just like out there causing problems all the time. Like you're just like in your lane, in your life, in your business, and you're sticking to yourself and you're just trying to work on you and your life. Um, you're just trying to do the will of God and you just got things popping out left and right that is getting worse and worse and worse. It's kind of like with me and my situation when I, when I kept trying to pay my bills, do the right thing. <laughs> it was getting worse. And I was just like, it was almost like the more I tried to pay my bills, the less money I kept having. And I was like, I don't understand. This don't make sense. So <laughs> like it just, it was like really chaotic. And then the next point is number four, which is resolved problem and restored peace. So with that one, um, if you know what it is that God has called you to do, do it. And it will basically, if the problem is resolved, then you know that it was because you were just being rebellious, but, and then you'll have restored peace. But if you're like Job, the resolved problem isn't exactly going to be just yourself. It's really, um, 
the resolved problem for you in that case, if it's a Job situation, is for you to acknowledge that God is God and things are like just keep your faith and that things are going to work out um, exactly the way that God said they will and to not hold a grudge against anyone involved with the testing period of the season of your life. Just realize that like these people, even though they may have been sent from the enemy or they may have been attacking you or making things worse, they may not have been aware. Most of them aren't usually are not aware that the the enemy was using them because you got to realize they think that they're right in their own eyes um, until God corrects them. So that's why, like I said, the resolved problem is when God corrects your friends, your family, um, coworkers. Uh, people you're associated with, people online. When he corrects them, he'll also correct you and let you know not to hold a grudge. He'll tell them that they need to tell you sorry. And then he'll tell you, you more than likely need to pray over these people. And you need to, you know, kind of like what Jesus said um, before he died on the cross, saying like, Father, forgive these people for they do not know what they do. You know, he's, they don't realize that they're sinning. They don't realize that they're causing a bigger problem than what ne- what needs to be done. <clears throat> Sorry. And then the last one is number five, which is purpose. So, like I said, everything has a purpose. Every pain, every trial, every setback, every discomfort, it all has a purpose. Um, for Jonah... Purpose for him, like I said, God just wanted to use him to deliver a message. Something so simple, but yet it seemed very difficult because of his perspective of the people that he was going to be speaking to. So that's why it can be really hard when you, you know, God wants to use you in a very simple way, but even simple can be very mighty. Um, so just keep that in mind. And then for Job, you know, the purpose of God, you know, allowing Job to go through everything he did was not only to strengthen Job's faith, but because you got to realize Job, like I said, I don't know if I said it in this part of the the, sec- the segment or if I said it in the last one, but for Job, he literally grew up being in God's favor. Like he just always had everything going right for him majority of his life. And he was very rich. He's a very wealthy man, very trustworthy man in his hometown. He had a lot of livestock, thousands, and he had, you know, amazing children and they all got along for the most part, the way it sounds. So for him to go through everything he did or to have all that and then to have Satan attack him the way that he did and lose everything, basically there comes a point where Job admitted to to God and even said, you know, it was like right before he repented, he said that you know, he's only like heard of you, but like, I've heard of you, God, but now I see you. Like, I see how you work. Like I, I used to hear of your works and wonders, but now I see for myself your works and wonders. I repent for the way that I spoke of you before. Um, and so because of that, now God is able to restore to Job all his fortunes and all the children he lost, he replaced with new children. Again, I don't know about a new wife or not. I cannot remember for the life of me on that one. But um, I would say she probably stayed. I don't know. But anyways, I'm not going to get into that. But the last part is God gave Job two times more than what he had before. So he basically doubled everything. And that's the reward. The purpose wasn't for Job to suffer, just to suffer. 
It was to show, it was to like broaden Job's horizon and his experience with God and to see God in a whole new light, a whole new level and to increase his faith and to make him an even more noble, righteous man and to increase his wealth and his wisdom. It was to show him that, you know what, even though you went through all of this, I'm going to reward you ridiculously than you've ever experienced in your life. Um, and it's basically God saying, thank you for being a very, you know, loyal servant of God and to not turn your back on me, no matter what I I allowed the devil to do to you. And that right there, and this is what I'm going to leave you guys off with, because if you guys have stuck it out this long, thank you so much. I'm sorry. This is a really long one, but this is, I'm actually not sorry because, (laughs) It's my life and I haven't been on here in a long time and it took me like so many different attempts. I didn't know how to talk about this. I didn't know how to address it and I didn't want to say something too soon and then something more worse happened and then I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm learning to work through that now. Like you guys got to realize like I'm not used to having a podcast so I'm kind of growing and learning in this and that's okay. I'm allowed to do that. Just like you guys are allowed to learn and grow at your pace and on your time frame and whatnot. But for me, like, I'm just learning right now that it's, there's certain things that it's okay to like talk as things happen, but there's certain things that God will allow me to release and other things that God wants me to kind of, you know, keep it on the DL a little bit. (laughs) And I was in the DL for like a long time. And now he has me up and about coming to like coming back making a comeback and just like speaking on these things so if you want to know which one god showed me i was if you haven't guessed it yet it's job (laughs) i was in my bible one day about two months ago and this was like september and like i said i lost my other job my very last job that i had and i was kind of feeling hopeless and helpless like i don't even know where to go from here you know i'm supposed to be a culinary art culinary art student it was not supposed to be this difficult like why is it so hard everywhere i go and i was like maybe it was me maybe i'm just like too you know picky or too uh precise maybe like i should go back to warehouse but i felt like god was saying no to that, like, no more of that, that's done, you know, I need to get into the food industry world since I'm going to school for it, (laughs) makes sense, but then when I tried to go for what God told me to do, it just seemed like everything backfired, everything went worse to worse to worse, and like I said, I just, I wanted an answer, after a certain amount of period of time, God finally answered me, but I wasn't expecting it, because when I was in the Bible, I wasn't even reading Job. I was asking God, I asked the question, uh, God, which one am I? Am I Jonah or am I Job? I would see things like in the clouds, like I saw like a whale one, at one point and I was like, oh my gosh, I have a picture of it somewhere. Um, hopefully I didn't delete it, but, uh, yeah, I thought at one point God was like using the clouds to show me a sign of being like Jonah and the whale. And then there was, um, people that kept talking to me that remind me of the story of Job. And I was just like, okay, well that resonates with my spirit a lot, but it's like, I don't really sense it. Like I don't feel like in my situation that it's really fully there yet. Um, cause I understand for Job, you know, he, uh, he went through a lot, he lost everything and then he gained it all back. And it was like, for me, I kind of kept losing everything. And I was like, this doesn't look like a Job situation. (laughs) 
Um, and then finally one day I was just like, I don't know, I'd say about two weeks after I lost my last job. Again, this was in September of 2021. I just remember reading my Bible, just kind of searching for an answer and just asking God, um, I was working on my attitude and my bitterness and all that. And I was just asking God to help me work through that. And so, of course, I was reading scripture on that. Nowhere near in Job. I think I was actually somewhere in the New Testament, believe it or not. I was like somewhere in Matthew, I think. And um, I had to go in the kitchen because I was trying to do something. I don't know if I was like trying to wash dishes. And I just set my Bible down on the table because I was like... I'm just going to put this here and I'm going to tend to something real quick. And then when I'm done, I'll, I'll just pick back up on reading because I had to get stuff done. And when I set the book down, it was on a certain chapter that I was reading. And I'm not even kidding, guys. Like within 10 minutes, like I just had this urgent, like I just felt, I heard, I heard the word look, look again. And I was thinking, look at what, <laughs> you know? And it just like made known to me, like the Holy Spirit made known to me, like the the book, the Bible. He's like, look at the, look at the Bible. And so I quickly look over at it and I was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like it was like actually landed on Job, like page one, J-O-B. And I was just like, no way. (laughs) And I was like, that was not there like a few minutes ago. Like this is what I mean by like, you can't explain it. Like, there's some things you can't explain about God, and then there's some things you just can't. And this is one of them. Like, I can explain to you what I went through. I can explain to you what it felt like, what I was thinking. But as far as I can't explain to you how God answers me sometimes. Sometimes the way he answers, it's just a knowing. Like, you just know. Like, when you know, you know. You know when you're wrong. You know when you need to make a change. You know when God's speaking to you. You know, like, you just, you can't deny it. And then for him to reveal Job to me, it was just like, I got so excited. Like, I I think I started jumping up and down, like, really all happy. Well, I can't really, back then I couldn't jump up and down very well because of my foot. But uh, I was just pretty, pretty stoked. But anyways, that's my story right now. Things have gotten way better. Um, I'm not going to go into all details about that because I've kept you guys on here way too long. But, like I said, I'm not sorry for it. However, the next few ones that I'll be doing are not going to be at all this long. This one, I just, I had to let you guys know what was going on. I had to let you guys be aware of, like I said, maybe you are going through a Jonah versus Job effect. Maybe you're going through a situation like that where you're trying to figure out, okay, God, did I make you mad? Um, Am I being rebellious or am I being a righteous person who's walking this out the best that they can and you know maybe I'm just missing something or maybe like you're just you're waiting to bless me and you're just testing me right now so if that is you in all honesty the best thing that you can do like I said besides evaluating the situations because I'm just going to be real with you like you're not really going to fully know what situation it completely is until God himself reveals it to you I mean, I was thinking majority of the time that it was going to be Job, but then I realized I also took an accountability myself that I can be in the wrong because I'm not perfect. I can make mistakes. You know, I can think I heard God right and may have heard him wrong. You know, I could have, it's not 
not, that part's not being double-minded. It's just, I'm aware of me being human, the flesh that, you know, I'm not always going to get things right. And sometimes my fleshly desires will outweigh my, you know, spiritual desires. And that is human. So what I've learned in all this is trust God the whole way through whatever he tells you, stand on that word, stand firm, stand firm on that word. And when things get really rocky and you're uncertain, pray, 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 pray. Just pray your way through everything. Pray without ceasing, meaning don't stop praying. It doesn't matter if you pray like a five second prayer, if you pray a 50 minute prayer, or if you pray just straight for like a couple hours with God in the morning um, whatever time of day, like, like I said, just keep praying it out because you're going to have to walk this out regardless. You're, you know, this is where God's wanting you to walk by faith and not by sight. He wants you to, to go off of the spiritual side of, of God and the spiritual side of you to not pay attention to what the world tells you, not to pay attention to what your friends or family tells you, not pay attention to what the media is telling you, what is God telling you? If he's telling you that is your person, you need to go date them, then that's what you need to go do. If he's telling you that is the job that I picked out for you to have an occupation in, then that's what you need to go do. You need to go apply. Take the steps. Start. If he's called you to start a business, again, go talk to people that you know that already have a similar business or just a, a business and ask them, how did you get started? You know, take the steps. And then I'm also going to leave you guys with this is that, and I'll be honest, I have no idea where this verse is at. I've been, I'm still hunting it down, but it stuck with me is God told me at one point during this pro entire process, do not despise small beginnings. And in, in, in other Bibles or other terms, it might be, do not despise humble beginnings. So just because, for instance, like with the dating thing, if you say hi to someone and they say hi back, that's a very small beginning, but it can always lead up to a marriage. Um, a simple, hey, I'm sorry, you know, about what happened. Could we talk? Like something like that. If God's asking you to say sorry to someone, if he's asking you to make it right, you know, start there, send a simple text or a message, um, leave a voicemail. If you have to email that person, that's what he means. Like don't despise small beginnings. Don't, if you're starting your own business, don't despise the small beginning of, you know, trying to get everything gathered in together. Like it's okay. If you don't look super professional, it's okay. If you don't have all the equipment, it's like work with what you got and be grateful for what you have while you have it. And as you increase in your knowledge and in your faith in God, and as you increase in your knowledge and understanding of the equipment and how a business works, like when God's going to be trusting you, he's walking this out with you and you're walking with God, he's going to increase everything. And then before you know it, you're going to look back one day and you're going to be just like Job and you're going to be like, wow, wow. Like <laughs> that all started with a simple hello, or that all started with, you know, me putting my application in, or this all started with me going to Google and looking it, looking up, I don't know, looking into or looking up, you know, how to file taxes for a business or how to, I don't know, like make extra money on the side or something like that. Like you just, you never know. 
but God does. He knows everything, everything about you, about myself, about yourself, about anyone. He has an appointed time for everything. Just like Jonah, God had an appointed time when Jonah was going to be cast off of that boat. And he had an appointed time when that whale was going to engulf him up. And he had an appointed time when he allowed a plant to be grown in a desert where things like that don't grow. And then for Job, there was an appointed time when Job would finally be revealed the truth and get the answers that he's been praying for and looking for. There's an appointed time when that comfort would find him and wrap him up in grace. So I don't know who you are, whoever's watching this or not, sorry, watching, I'm using my YouTube, whoever is listening to this, um, but God just really put it on my heart to get on here today and share my story and to just let you guys know whether it's just one person or it's a, a whole bunch of y'all that, you know, no matter whether you are in a Jonah or Job situation, there is always going to be a way out. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Things are going to get better. And, you know, for Jonah, his better was just making it to dry land just not getting swallowed completely by the whale and to not die, okay? For him to not, you know, allow that situation to overtake him because he repented and came back to God. For Job, his better was for him to have everything replaced that the enemy took. Everything. And not just replaced once, but God ultimately restored it double and it extended his life. Like he literally lived well amount of years before he passed. And he got to see his, I believe it's his great grandchildren um, that he got to see. It may have been his grandchildren, but I'll have to relook into that. If you know the answer, I'm glad you do. But for me, um, even though I've read it multiple times, I just kind of forget when it comes to that part. But anyways, I hope this really helps you guys. It really helps me. Um, again, if you ask God, that's the other thing I was going to tell you, is if you're really not sure which one you are, ultimately you just need to pray to God and ask him to reveal to you which one you are. Just say, simply ask him what I did. God, am I being like Jonah or Job in this situation? Is my life currently a, a Jonah or Job effect? Because I need to know. Um, Tell him if, if I made you mad or if I disrespected you or upset you, please let me know, reveal to me what... I did wrong so that I can correct it, um, so that I can repent and correct it and turn away from the evil thing that I did. And if that's not it, then tell him if it's a Job situation, then ask God for this. Just say, God, I really believe that, you know, you can help me with all this stuff that I'm going through, but I, I also need you to help me with my disbelief. Help me to continue to seek you and see see you in this situation and in this season of my life where everything seems dead and hopeless and I'm losing everything. Because I'm not going to make it if I don't have you. Like, I need you. And if you can say it like that, like, I can guarantee you he's going to respond to you pretty quickly. Um, you got to open up your spiritual eyes and your ears and you got to have an open heart to receive what it is that God's trying to reveal to you. Um, sometimes it's not easy to hear what God has to say, but just like I said, it's necessary. 
It's necessary for growth. It's necessary for healing. It's necessary. God ultimately is your lifeline, your life support. And without his support, you really have nothing. Without love, you have nothing. And the last thing that God was going to have me tell you guys, because this is what he revealed to me, was at the end of the day, no matter what it is, (laughs) even if you've done wrong or if you've done right and you have a lot of things going wrong, God loves you. He loves you so much. He will hunt you down (laughs) and he will make sure that there's a way to make it right. He will present to you the opportunities to do that. And... It's just up to you. You have the free will to either take him up on his offer or to turn away from it. And then from there, you have the consequences. But the the most ultimate thing is that God loves you. He hasn't forgotten about you. And he is turning everything around for not just myself, but for you and your life. Each and every one of you. There are so many beautiful, amazing things that are coming ahead that you haven't even experienced yet. Your, ba- your best days are literally dangling right in front of you. And you are about ready to, to receive each and every one of those things. So don't, don't look back. Don't hold grudges. Don't resent God or resent the people that have helped you become a better person along the way. Even if they did you wrong, forgive them. Ask God to help you to forgive them, to continue to mend and heal your heart to continue to see God for who he really is in each and every situation and circumstance to help you to increase your faith and to see the provisions that he has over your life, to have the boldness to walk in courage, to do the things that God has called you to do and to not look back. Don't look back. Go forward fail forward, move forward, just whatever. It doesn't really matter what it happens. As long as you're moving forward, as long as you're making progress, as long as you're trusting and believing in God, that you're praying, getting into the word of God, even if it's only five minutes a day, (laughs) start somewhere, start there. And love love yourself and love your neighbors as yourself. Love everyone the way you love yourself. Treat everyone the way you want to be treated. And you're going to see all the mind-blowing things that God's going to do in your life. Like you're going to not be able to recognize yourself one day when you look back later down the road and you're like, wow, I've come such a long way. That's not me anymore. I don't even recognize my old self. And the best part about this, and I'm going to leave you guys with this, is if you're anything like Job and you get double portions and you're you're double blessed or a hundredfold or, you know, 30-fold, whatever it is, God is allowing you, just like he is with me right now, he's allowing you to go through all this stuff so you can have a grasp, understanding of what and who God is about and how to handle the situation so that you can share your wisdom, your knowledge with other people. And you can also, like Job, share your resources with other people. God didn't pull you out of the pit just to pull you out. He pulled you out so that you can become blessed, so that you can be a blessing to other people, so that you can multiply the blessing. And that's the whole point of the Jonah versus Job. It doesn't matter if you've messed up or if you're on the right track. Whether you believe in God or not, everyone 
goes through something horrific because God is equipping you for what he has next in your se- in your next season. So I love you guys. I hope you guys are taking in everything that I said. I don't apologize that this was long. It was very, very needed, and it felt great to finally get this out. I wish you guys all the very best of your life and in your world, wherever you're at in the world, and I just know that God is going to do amazing wonders in your life. So thank you for listening and tuning in to today's episode. Like I said, break it down if you got to because you don't want to miss this stuff. And uh, I'm just glad that you listened today because I really do. I pray that God blesses you and encourages you, strengthens you, and that you take that very first step into the next journey and chapter of the whole new world in your life. I love you guys. And remember to have very strong faith. Bye.